Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And we've been looking at the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 because each hero of faith embodies a certain characteristic of the life of faith that we need to learn about. And this week we're going to look at Joshua. And Joshua, of course, uh, had that faith to possess his promised land, the faith of victory and that gave him victory and success in possessing his promised land and we have a promised land too that we need to possess and and there is a fight of faith and uh, Joshua's faith gives us a great example and Hebrews 11:30 says that by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days and so he, they had to possess this promised land by faith because they were giants they were walled cities uh, much opposition against them. They were outnumbered. And only by God's promise and God's presence with them could they possibly succeed. And the book of Joshua opens with God saying to Joshua, Arise now, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land that I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. And so he had God's word. He had faith that it, to go in and possess that promised land. See, God has also given you a promised land. It's described by all the promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. But... We have to put our foot on it. He says, I'm giving it to you, but every place you put the sole of your foot is what will be yours. And so we have to have an active faith like Joshua that goes in and enters and possesses our promised land. It's ours by right. We have the title deed to it. It's paid for. But we must have the faith of Joshua to possess it because it says that the forceful ones lay hold of the kingdom of God. And when we see Joshua's tactics, we see he was decisive, a decisive general. He used speed of attack and surprise in his campaigns. And you know, every promise of God is a title deed to a certain portion of land in your promised land. If you had a title deed that somebody told you you'd inherited a wonderful house somewhere, you wouldn't be passive waiting to, for it to come to you. You would take that title deed and you would go and possess your inheritance. And that's the faith that, that Joshua shows us. First, we must hear God's word. We must know what we have, that he's given us this land. We've got to meditate on the word until we're strong in faith to then go in and possess, you see. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread on, I have given to you, God says. We plant our faith on each promise. God says it's yours, it belongs to you, but you must go in and take it. You will possess it. If you trust me, I'll go with you and we will overcome all the opposition. Praise God. And in Joshua 1 verse 5 to 9, he gives Joshua the marching orders, the keys to success. And he says it in Hebrew poetry where he says the same things five times over, uh, as it were. He says to Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I'll not leave you nor forsake you. In other words, faith realizes that God is with you. That's what gives us the courage if we're doing God's word. Verse 6, he says, be strong. Now that means be strong in faith through the word of God and be of good courage. 
Courage is needed to act on the word. So it's a three-part thing that is repeated again and again in these verses. Be strong in faith, be of courage to do it, and then you will have good success. He says, you will divide the land as an inheritance. Then he says again, verse 7, only be strong, be strong in faith, be, and be very courageous that you may observe to do all that the word says, you see. And then that you may prosper wherever you go. That's the promise of good success. Then he says that again in verse 8. How can you be strong? It says, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night. That's how you're strong in faith. You've got to know what belongs to you in the word of God. He says, do that, meditate day and night, that you may observe to do. That's the, you've got to act on the word now. Joshua shows faith in action. It wasn't a passive faith. Joshua believed the word, but then he put his faith into decisive action to possess his promised land. He says that you may be observed to do all that's written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. And then he says it again in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage to do it. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you to give you good success, you see. And so now we come, we come to the story of Joshua and Jericho, which was the key stronghold guarding the entrance to the promised land. They had to conquer this stronghold if they were to possess the land. And you know, there are some parts of your promised land that are strongly fortified, and they must be conquered by a strong faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled seven days. It took seven days to bring that stronghold down. It was strongly fortified. But by faith, the walls of your Jerichos are going to come down as well, if you do it God's ways. Well, the story in uh, Joshua 2 is the story of the spies and Rahab. And, and, you know, you need to spy out your promised land. You need to see what's there in the promised land. And, and that's fine. The main danger of spying out the land, of course, is that also it makes you aware of the strength of the opposition. But that's to make you realize that you can only do it through God's help. And then Joshua 3 tells the story of the crossing of the Jordan. You see, before they could even operate in the Promised Land, they had to cross the Jordan River, which was the boundary. And it was then in full flood. It must have seemed like a great barrier. And this chapter... The crossing of the Jordan actually reveals the first key of faith to enter your, your promised land. And basically, what Joshua is told to do is take the Ark of the Covenant, carried, which represents the presence of God, because God, that was God's earthly throne, God's spirit, as it were, dwelt between the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. And what they said is, you are to take the Ark of the Covenant, the priests were to take the Ark into the Jordan River. And the moment that they entered the Jordan River, as soon as they touched the water, it says that the, the waters rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, further, a few miles away, and then they crossed over. You see, this was the flood season. And there was a river that flowed from Adam, upstream at Adam, that seemed to be an impassable barrier in their progress into the promised land. And in the same way, our old life, our inheritance in the flesh that flows from Adam seems to form a barrier to us from entering into our promised land and enjoying all of God's blessings. 
And, and the key to victory was the Ark of the Covenant, where God's Spirit dwelt, you see. Because when they carried that into the midst of the river, the waters were, stop, were stopped, and they could enter in. The power of that river is too strong for us, but if we walk in the Spirit, we will not come under the power of the flesh. That's what this lesson is, to, is teaching. You see, we possess the Holy Spirit dwelling in our midst. The Ark of the Covenant is in us now. God lives in us, and that is bigger than anything flowing from Adam in our flesh. And as we walk with the Spirit and follow the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, the flesh will have no power over us. The power of the Spirit in us holds back that river from Adam, and we can go through and enter into the fullness of God. While we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And God is easily able to hold back that power of the flesh that flows from Adam to enter our promised land. The ark may not have looked powerful on the outside, but it contained the Spirit of God. And that was unlocked by them believing and walking by faith in the promise. As they took action on the word of God and stepped into the river, then the waters were stopped. And as you start walking by faith in the Spirit of God, then that power is released and the waters are pushed back. Praise God. And then in Jericho 5, we come to the story where Joshua has to capture Jericho. And it, it comes to pass in Joshua 5.13 that as he was surveying Jericho, he sees a man standing opposite with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And uh, he said, No. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I am now come. In other words, this was Jesus appearing to, to uh, Joshua. Joshua fell on his face and he worshipped. And basically Jesus gave him the battle instructions to capture Jericho. He gave the strategy. And so when whatever Joshua did next, it was by faith because he had heard the word of God. And now, however crazy the plan seemed, he did it by faith. And he knew that God would back it up. And so... This was Jesus, the commander of the army of the Lord. You see, Joshua wasn't fighting on his own. He had the, the commander and all the angels with him as well. But what he needed to do was walk in faith. Well, Israel had to conquer Jericho to occupy the promised land. And archaeology shows what, and I've, I've got a book on this, on Jericho, that it was a very well defended uh, the wall system, it had a double wall system. There was a, a stone wall at the bottom and then a 35-degree slope. And then there was a brick wall at the bottom, a um, mud brick wall at the bottom, a 35-degree slope and another big wall at the top of the slope. And so to get over the first wall is one thing. Then you're on a slope that had been made very slippery by, a, by a, light, a, a covering, a slippery covering. So as you're trying to climb up here, you are on a killing ground. And even then, you'll, you'll get killed before you even have to reach the top wall. And so it was an impregnable city. And so Joshua knew that this was impossible. But God gave him the strategy to defeat it. It says in Joshua 6.1, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, look, I've given Jericho into your hand, its king and its mighty men of valor. It was already accomplished. 
God has given us a promised land. But we, there are Jericho-type strongholds of unbelief in our mind that we have to use the weapons of God to pull down. And here we learn how to do that using that faith that Joshua had. Joshua got the instructions and he told them to Israel, and I'm sure you know it well, but let me remind you that what they were to do. The priests were to have seven trumpets, and they were to march in front of the ark. Again, the ark is the central thing here, the presence of God. And the priests go in front of the ark. There's a fighting men in front, there's fighting men behind. But in the middle is the Ark of the Covenant and the trumpets blowing. These trumpets were jubilee trumpets. They were declaring. They were declaring out from the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is God, you see, in the midst. And the trumpets were declaring the power of God, the presence of God, the kingdom of God. They were saying, the Lord of all the earth is here. God's power is here. Jericho is falling down. The presence of God is here. The trumpet blast declared the finished work. And that was coming out of the spirit realm of the Ark of the Covenant. These were the weapons that were used to destroy Jericho. And we likewise have weapons mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. As we proclaim God's promises, as we blow the trumpet against that stronghold, just like the priests did for seven days, the power of God is released and that thing gets weaker. See, you may have certain strongholds that have been there all your life. What you have to do is follow the same strategy here. And what Joshua said is, for seven days you're to encircle, you're to encircle that Jericho and keep blowing the trumpets against it. And then on the seventh day you do that seven times and then finally everyone's gonna, with a loud blast of the trumpet and then everyone will shout together and then all the walls are going to fall down. And that's what he said, that's how it's going to happen. And they believed it. Praise God, and they obeyed that. And uh, it says that first of all, they marched against Jericho. The first uh, verse, verses talk about the fact that they were to march towards the Jericho. See, your Jericho, you're not meant to avoid it. You identify what it is. What is that thing standing in the way of you entering your promised land? Maybe it's some fear. Maybe it's some sense of inadequacy. Maybe it's, it's some thing that's there that's standing in your way. You must identify it and now you must march against it knowing that God is with you. And you start blowing the trumpet of God against it. And then it says, start circling it. It's not necessarily going to come down all at once. Maybe this is a deep fear in your life, a deep fear of failure or, or, or of sickness or of any, anything. You don't just wait till God just removes it. You start coming against it, march against it, blow the trumpet against it. Declare God's presence, God's kingdom is coming and removing that thing. Speak against that fear, say, fear, you're leaving my life, I'm not putting up with you. And as you start declaring it, he says that's what they did. And then they started circling it for seven days. You're declaring the presence of God is here. And then God actually said to them, you shall not let a word come out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout. Then you shall shout. You can imagine the tension, what was building up here. As they marched around, they weren't allowed to say a word. Why? 
because they would have looked at Jericho and they would have talked themselves into defeat. They would have said, oh, if we try and attack Jericho, we'll get massacred. Uh, this is impossible. They would have talked among themselves and got discouraged. So it's better to say nothing than to speak the negative. So in other words, as they walk around, all they could do is just listen to the trumpets blasting away, looking at the Ark of the Covenant, and they be, their faith begin to build and say, God is with us. Those trumpets are declaring the victory. And their faith was rising all the time. And then finally when that moment came that God said, you're all going to shout together and the war's going to come down. At that moment, they believed that and they gave a shout of faith. And those walls came tumbling down. Notice in Hebrews it says, by faith the walls of Jericho came down after they were circled seven days. That means it wasn't just done independently of them. It was through the faith, the shout of faith of Israel that those walls came down. And what happened as they circled with the trumpet blowing against it, those walls were getting weaker all the time. And then finally, when they all gave the shout of faith, those walls came crashing down. And in the same way, you face your Jericho. You're not to discuss and focus on the negative and your failure. But you are to speak grace. You're to speak, make the trumpet sound of God's righteousness and grace. You declare, God is with me. His mercy covers me. He's my righteousness. He's my victory. That you speak out from the reality of the Spirit. And they trumpeted that forth. And therefore, we are to do the same with our Jericho. We speak God's power against it. And then the time will come as you do that. When faith will arise in your heart, as it were, on the seventh day, you'll be full of faith and you will make that final shout against that thing and it will come crumbling down. So your Jericho, it may take a few days before it falls. But you just keep blowing the trumpet against it and it will come down. That was the faith of Joshua that's revealed here. And so they did this for six days. And then finally it says that Joshua said to the people, Shout! Shout in faith, for the Lord has given you the city. And now their faith had risen so much that when they shouted, they released their faith together. And the walls indeed fell down flat. By faith, Hebrew says, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. Joshua 6.20 says, so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And as it happened that when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down in its place. And the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. This was a supernatural event. You see, what happened is confirmed by the archaeology. What happened is that that top mud brick wall and the bottom mud brick wall, they fell down in every place around the city wall because Israel s surrounded the wall. So it, not like an earthquake when part of the wall fell down and then they all found the gap in the wall. The whole wall came down at once and that's way all of them, wherever they were around the city, they could all go straight up into the city. They went up, you see, and what happened, and archaeology shows that, that this, in the wall at the bottom of the hill, 10-foot wall, um, the mud bricks that came down from the top walls filled up the gap and created a ramp. And the Israelites could go straight up on this ramp over the bottom wall, straight up into the city, and capture the city. And the archaeology is exactly 
as it was. In fact, there was one place in the wall that did not fall down, and that's on the north side of Jericho, and they found houses there even, and portions of the wall still standing. And now, of course, that was Rahab's house because God promised that Rahab would be spared and she was found huddled in her house. That part of the wall did not fall down, and so everything agrees with the archaeology. And it says, they all went up into the city, every man straight before him. Praise God. And um, Catherine Ken Kathleen Kenyon said, the archaeologist, there was a heavy fill of fallen red mud bricks piling nearly to the top of the revetment wall. These red bricks probably came from the wall on the summit of the bank. And then she also describes the city that was destroyed at that time. He said that, she said, the destruction was complete. Walls and floors were blackened and reddened by fire. Uh, and it says, but the collapse of the walls of the eastern room seems to have taken place before they were affected by the fire. So she said, first of all, the walls collapsed. And then secondly, it was burnt by fire. The fire after the collapse. And that's exactly what the Bible says. Because after they invaded the city, it says they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. They burnt the city and all that was in it with fire. Why did they do that? Well, because God said this was the first fruits. They, God gave them the whole promised land, but Jericho was the first fruits. Therefore, Jericho was to be totally offered to God as a burnt offering. They weren't allowed to take any, anything out of Jericho, like the grain. And, the, and they made another amazing discovery in Jericho. They found large quantities of burnt grain. Now, this is very unusual. This is unique. Because usually a city like Jericho, it took a long siege to capture it, and so the defenders ate all the grain. But in this case, there was lots of grain left, so it must have been a short siege. Secondly, it must have been at springtime, as the Bible said. And thirdly, why would the attacking people burn all the grain when it would have been very good for them to have it? But the Bible says that's exactly what happened. Because the Israelites were not allowed to take the grain, it was to be offered to God as the first fruits. And therefore, they burnt the whole city, including the grain. And that's why so much grain was left in the city. Every unique detail about Jericho, because of the specialness of, it, of this event, is preserved in the archaeology, which confirms it was strongly fortified. It was attacked in the spring after a short siege. Uh, they couldn't flee with their foodstuffs. The walls all fell down except one part of the wall. The city wasn't plundered, but it was burnt. And so this is confirmed by the Bible story. And well, what do we learn from this? Joshua had faith because Jesus gave him the instructions. And when they obeyed, and when they marched against that, that Jericho, once they circled it, blowing the trumpet of the word of God against that Jericho, uh, though it became weaker and weaker and weaker. And then finally, when they released in that final shout, those walls came come tumbling down. And will you face your own Jericho? And you need to identify what it is, because it's the key to you taking the whole land. You've got to trust God and pull that thing down. However impossible it might seem, God's supernatural power is far greater. Jericho would have seemed impossible to take. But God's power was, was easily enough because the greater one is with you. God is in your midst. And if you release the trumpet of God's word with your shouts of praise to God, as the Israelites did, 
you, you will see your Jericho destroyed and the way will be open for you to possess your promised land an abundance of love and joy and, and every good thing in the Lord. I want you to notice that faith is not denial. It's not pretending there isn't a problem. God wanted them to face their Jericho, come against their Jericho, walk around their Jericho, and speak against their Jericho. Yes, it was impossible, but they knew God was with them, and they declared the presence of God. They trumpeted the kingdom of God. Praise God. And so we see the problem for what it is, but with the eyes of faith, we see God who is greater than the problem. So start sounding the trumpet against your problem, however big it seems, however impossible it seems, however permanent it seems. Don't wait for some kind of magical thing to happen. Start pronouncing the kingdom of God against it. Start declaring the trumpet of the Lord against it. Declare God's promise of victory. Don't discuss the negative, but declare the word of God. By faith, then, you will be operating in the faith of Joshua, by, who by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled seven days. I want you to see that it didn't happen in a moment. It didn't happen in an hour. It didn't happen in a day. It took seven days of circling it, seven days. Sometimes you've got to pick these deep-seated things. You've got to circle that thing seven days and come against it relentlessly and speak the word of God against it and the time will come when it becomes so weakened and your faith becomes so strong that you rise up and declare one final shout of victory against it and those walls will come crashing down and you will possess your Jericho and all the abundance now will be opened up to you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus we declare we are carriers of the presence of God. And we have a mouth that is the trumpet of God that declares our victory, that declares our freedom, that declares the power of God is with us. And that every Jericho, those walls must come tumbling down. That fear must come tumbling down. It cannot stand against us any longer. In Jesus' name.